Our gospel lesson comes from the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers, such branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and become my disciples. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? From cowardice that dares not face new truth, from laziness content with half-truth, from arrogance that thinks it knows all truth, good Lord, deliver us. Amen. We're in the midst of this series uh, looking at, there, there are over 400 passages of scripture that speak of vines, of vineyards, of wine in the scriptures. And we're just looking at a few of them this summer. I, I was remembering the first church I served in North Carolina was in Yadkin County, north of Winston-Salem. It was out in what had long been the tobacco country of North Carolina, and it was slowly being converted into other crops. And just a few, maybe like maybe a quarter of a mile down the road from one of the churches I served, there was a tobacco farm that had converted itself over the years into a vineyard. And I got to know these guys, Rag Appalassie is the name of the vineyard, and we would, I would go down there and chat with them, and they had this... Um, uh, winemaker that they brought in from France, and it was just fascinating. One summer, they hired a summer intern who I don't think he knew very much about gardens or growing vines or anything, and I was talking with him one day, and I said, tell me, what's been the most surprising thing about working here on this farm and on this vineyard? And he said to me, he said, I had no idea, never worked on a farm before, I had no idea we'd do so much killing. Weeds, vines, plants, it feels like we cut more than we grow. I was sharing with you all last week uh, that my wife Catherine and I have uh, made an attempt at our first garden this year and some of the struggles we've had. Uh, good news, good news to report, uh, we have a squash. <laughs> About this big, Catherine brought it in and she said, we got a squash. And I looked at her and said, what are we going to do with that? And she said, we're going to eat it. And we're gonna have, we'll have a nice snack uh, from that later this week. It's interesting because I talked about the difficulties we were having, and you all have had so much advice and 
so many tidbits to share. And, and the most amazing thing is to learn how many of you actually grow your gardens from seeds. Like we cheated. We went to Lowe's and bought plants that were already this big. Many of you have grown yours from seeds. And I talked to one of you and I said, tell me, what is the hardest part about growing a garden from seeds? And they said, you said to me, you said, the hardest part is when those seedlings start sprouting is deciding which ones you're going to cut. Because you can't leave them all, you got to trim them away or they'll strangle the others and the nutrients. I would be horrible at this. It, because if I looked at that plant or that, that dirt and I saw things growing like if something's growing, I probably am just going to let it keep growing. But a good gardener, a good vine dresser will tell you that that is a surefire way to get absolutely nothing. Judith Cetera is a small group, uh, the writer of our small group uh, book study this summer. Uh, there's still time for you to join them. They're meeting on Wednesday afternoons. And uh, she writes about the things she learned uh, spending time with a vine dresser. And the vine dresser said to her, do you want to keep everything? Then expect nothing. You have to cut and then cut some more. Jesus in John's gospel this morning speaks one of his famous I am sayings. Actually, this is one of the only ones that gets repeated it's actually said twice. Jesus says it twice. I am the vine. I am the vine. My father is the vine grower who cuts and who prunes. This is one of the aspects of the Christian life that we really don't like to talk about very much. In fact, generally, the way Christianity has been presented in the modern era is like this. We know that you're out there living your life trying to figure out how to flourish. What does it look like to live a flourishing life? And so we say, well, the best way to flourish is just sprinkle a little Jesus in. He'll fertilize whatever you've got going, and whatever you're up to will just grow and you'll flourish. Like just a little Jesus, a little church here added in on the side. And that's what church becomes. Like, here, do this. Add this. Build this into your life. And we just make you busier and busier and busier. When maybe the first thing we really ought to do is stop and say, like, hey, what do you need to cut out? Maybe the first thing, maybe the regular thing, the constant thing, has to be letting God prune and cut and clear away. What do you need to cut and clear out of your life so that you can truly abide in Christ? There may be people right? When I was a freshman in college, um, I met some guys on my hall as a freshman, and I thought, well, I need friends, and they were friends, and kind of hung out with them through the fall semester and got into the spring semester. My birthday's in March. I will never forget this. Like, I lived on the third floor of Wilson, and anybody would tell you that it was there that year that the third floor of Wilson was not the dorm to be in, the hallway to be on. They certainly weren't the kind of friends you wanted to have, but there I was, and they took me out for dinner for my birthday, and I remember sitting there, eating my birthday dinner, looking at these friends, thinking to myself, I, I got to get out of here. 
this, this, is, this is not where I want to be. These, these are, this is not who I want to be. And so I found myself, I found my way to the Wesley Fellowship, the United Methodist Campus Ministry at Duke. And I'll tell you what, like, that may be one of the most significant decisions I've ever made in my life. Realizing, like, people I needed to cut out and Maybe there are habits, things that consume your time or energy or resources. Attitudes. I'll be the first to admit I can look at things happening in the world and I can be very judgmental and I can be very cynical. I heard about this woman who was visiting a monastery and she was talking with one of the monks. And, and she looked at the monk and said, you look so peaceful. How is it that in the midst of all that's happening in our world, you have such peace? And the monk said to her, I realized I don't have to have an opinion about everything. Like, what do you need to cut out of your life? Maybe attitudes, habits, people. What is it that you need to clear away, that God might need to clear away in order for you to abide in Christ? Sometimes things get cut out of our lives and we weren't ready for it. A loved one dies. Or your boss calls you in one afternoon and says, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. Or a spouse sits down on the sofa late one night and says, hey, you remember those vows? I didn't mean it. I don't love you. I'm out. Sometimes things get cut out of our lives and we weren't ready. Let's be very clear. God doesn't cause those things. God is not punishing us. If you read the scripture very carefully, even the vines that are flourishing and fruitful have to be pruned. But God's not causing it. In fact, I think God weeps with us and God is with us. But it's true, and it really is, it really can be good and beautiful and holy. When things get cut away, new life can grow. That might be you this morning, experiencing something cut away from your life, and you weren't ready, and you didn't expect it, and you didn't want it. I'm not one to give out cliched advice or, or false hopes, but friends, it is true I have experienced it in my life, and it is the heart of the gospel. When things get cut away, new life, by the grace of God, new life can grow. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me and bear fruit. Grapevines have these tendrils, and what happens is they... They grow so quickly and forcefully they attach themselves and they curl around and wrap onto things almost like they are just desperate to find something to hold them up. That's, that's a great image for the spiritual life, what it means to abide in Christ. There's a great contemporary song that I love. It has this phrase, Lord, I am desperate for you. Have you ever been desperate for Jesus Abiding in him, staying connected to him, it implies a, a kind of desperation, a dependence, a desire, a profound reliance, a relationship, friends, that you know you cannot live without. In our modern era, flourishing means not depending on anyone, not depending on anything. 
Flourishing means going out and charting your own path, figuring out yourself, solving your own problems, and doing it. What are we celebrating this weekend? Independence Day. I wonder if we can even begin to imagine how flourishing really means needing and depending on others. Your flourishing bound up with mine and mine bound up with yours and all of us are flourishing bound up with the flourishing of those at the margins of our community and our world, especially those who are least and last and lost. To put it in 4th of July terms, we prefer life, liberty, and dare I say the individual pursuit of happiness to working on that more perfect union with one another. According to the scripture though, Flourishing and fruitfulness mean being bound to Christ, like those tendrils clinging to him, abiding in him, bound to Jesus, bound to one another. That's what it means to be church. Here's the way one theologian put it. Bearing fruit has everything to do with who you are in relationship. Bearing fruit has everything to do with who you are in relationship. Can I ask you this morning, are you in a relationship with Jesus Christ? And the relationships you have in this life, are they relationships that are are connecting you and moving you more and more closer and closer to him? We all need people like that. More than one. We need a lot of people like that. Like that's what it means to be church. That's what we're striving to do here. I love that the logo that we have is, it looks like leaves. It looks like a plant that's growing and flourishing. And we want to do that. We want to grow and flourish, bound to one another, helping and strengthening and supporting one another as we lean deeply on the grace of Jesus. What does he say? He says, if we abide in him, he will abide in us. Can I just ask you this morning, are you in relationship with Jesus? (laughs) Maybe the hardest part of that, right, is that God will put people in your life who will do God's pruning and cutting and shaping, and it will change you. When I was a college student, um, yeah, I, I was in uh, this Bible study at Duke Chapel, and I mean, I have to just say, like, I, I don't like to talk about it, but I, I was a moment there for a while where I was doing things in that Bible study that, like, I'm not really proud of. Like, I got into some arguments and squabbles with another member of the Bible study, and it was just not pretty. And, like, we took it out into, like, the rest of our week, and gosh, it was awful. Like, I'm, I'm really not proud of this. And there was an older lady in that Bible study, and she and I had known each other for several years. We sang together in the choir, and um, she said to me one night, she said, after the Bible study night, I want you to hang back. i got to talk to you. She sat me down on her sofa, and she said, George, I've been watching you. I've heard some of the things you've said. People have told me about some of the things you've done. And you are not living like a Christian. 
anger, this malice in your heart, it has got to go. You've got to cut it out. One writer put it this way. The vine dresser is never as close to the vine as when he is pruning them. The vine dresser is never as close to the vine as when he is pruning them. And on the other side, on the other side, there will be fruit. There will be life.